Welcome to the Business Analysis Podcast. In this episode, we talk to David Mantica about how to become an effective business analyst by tapping into your emotional intelligence. David Mantica is the VP and General Manager for SoftEd US. Fueled by his passion for developing empowered knowledge workers through training and coaching, he helps companies develop their teams with the critical skills to stay effective in the face of VUCA. Drawing from his experience having successfully built and sold his B2B training firm, growing it from $0 to $13M in seven years. David speaks on the impact of technology on leadership and management, helping organizations cope with the ever-changing demands and complexities of modern business. With over 27 years of experience and more than 700 speaking engagements, he has inspired better work practices in marketing, product management, project management, software development, executive management, and other key areas of technology and business operations. David resides in Raleigh, Durham, NC, where he provides consulting to business owners. Driven by his love for helping people grow while maintaining their mental health, he also mentors several rising executive leaders, providing pro bono career coaching services that utilize his career insurance methodology. Great. So thank you so much for joining. Hey, no problem. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to have a great conversation. That's awesome. Um, so today's topic is about emotional intelligence. Um, can you kind of explain what emotional intelligence is to our audience for those that are not familiar? Yeah, it's an interesting, right? A lot of folks hear that and they have a not a negative connotation, but a soft connotation, airy fairy conversation, a con, con, you know, thought process. Like mm -hmm. it's not very strong. It's really not needed. But the reality is, for us knowledge workers. We, we have to understand how our brain operates. In order to understand how we can work with others, we have to understand that. And so the bedrock of emotional intelligence is really getting a better handle of how our brains operate so that, that you can control the issues around you, the challenges around you, so that then you can control your initial impulses of of how you would react based on how our brain can trick us so that you can adjust that reaction to fit knowledge work in modern work environments. Let's put it, Rashmi, let's put it perfectly clear. Our brains were not evolved for knowledge work mm -hmm. and they haven't evolved yet. Mm -hmm. So the very basis of emotional intelligence is getting a grip and an understanding of how your brain works mm -hmm. and then how your brain tricks you and how you can adjust to, in accordance with that, to have more powerful connections with teams, with people in your lives, both in and outside of work. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, it's interesting you've defined it. Um, I'm just curious in terms of business analysts, right? So business analysts are oh. people that conduct business analysis are always in meetings. There's just so much involvement with stakeholders, communication with developers. How do you think this applies to that community? Um, it's the, probably one of the core skills. I talk about a professional, I talk about the professional skills pyramid mm -hmm. and I have emotional intelligence as the base of that pyramid. And so for business analysts, they live in, in a complex matrix environment in most cases, and they don't have authority related to a lot of the things they work on mm -hmm. that could create a lot of stress from an emotional intelligence perspective that if they don't know how to relieve it or protect themselves from that, 
they're going to have a lot of burnout. So what usually happens with business analysts, they use their referent or referent power base, which is a power base of giving, a power base of sharing. They don't get their buckets refilled. And ultimately, they start suffering from burnout. Their productivity goes down. And then ultimately, they may move into other careers outside of business analysis work because of that. So at the base level, going back to the emotional intelligence, the base level, you have the idea of understanding yourself. So there's four levels of emotional intelligence. Understanding yourself. Then understanding the situation that you're in, you yourself. Then if you got those two under control, it's being aware of the broader picture around you and then learning how to work within that broader picture around you, aka the, 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 the system itself or maybe a portion of that system. And it gets down to the science aspect of it too, which we can talk about, but without a doubt, mm -hmm. in order for business analysts to perform at high level of, of productivity and performance, they must have a deep understanding of emotional intelligence from those four levels and an understanding of the physiology issues and how to combat those physiology issues. How does, this brings up a question, how is IQ and EQ, are they related? Are they different? How, the, how does that work? They're completely different. And this goes, mm -hmm. it just kind of starts talking about the concept of art and science. Mm -hmm. IQ is your intellectual capability, right? What your potential cognitive power is to, to process and solve complex, complicated, mathematic, scientific things, mm -hmm. all right? Now, high IQ, you're going to be able to process a lot of information. You're going to be able to solve, you know, difficult mathematic science problems. You're going to be able to understand certain aspects of how information comes together. Mm -hmm. You're probably really strong in data, but here's what I'll talk about. It's all about things that have constants. EQ is about how you work within the environment you're in. Mm. It's the ability to be self-aware, as I talked about, so that if you're having a bad day, you can manage yourself in the situations you're in so you don't cause a difficult situation within the environment. So the four levels right there. IQ is like a science. It's science. Mm -hmm. EQ is like an art. EQ is something that really develops with experience and develops with somebody who is actually trying and working towards getting a stronger and stronger EQ and to the point where they could be very savvy about when they talk, when they don't talk. They could be very savvy about how to handle conflict without having the emotional absorption associated with that. Mm -hmm. They can also get very good at handling uncomfortable situations, including uncomfortable situations with them and their skills and their knowledge. They can actually get to the point of being comfortably uncomfortable when they get to that higher level of EQ. But you don't need a high IQ to have a high EQ. You've got to have the, you gotta, you gotta, you got to want to help people and you got to want to understand your impact. Mm -hmm. The externalities that you cause when you walk into a room and understanding how to control that and to get benefit from it. And the ultimate goal is for an, for an emotionally intelligent person to be a really strong influencer. 
You cannot be a strong influencer without very, very strong emotional intelligence skills. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, I was just going to say um, part of the role of a business analyst is some of the characteristics or underlying competencies would be analytical skills, yep. um, you know, inf influencing skills, leadership skills. I would imagine that you know, given the underlying competencies that EQ would probably be a little bit higher, the, the EQ is probably higher in uh, importance than IQ. Um, or do you think it's, it's both are needed? This is a tough part with this position. This position yeah. isn't being laid off during this, during this laid off, lay off, the layoff phases of the early 2020, of early 2023. Mm. in late 2022, mm -hmm. um, that's telling you how valuable this position is because it's truly a position of an art and a science balance right. like you're talking about, right? And it's a position of giving. Mm -hmm. You really aren't taking it. You're giving everything back. Mm -hmm. So what that said is that you can be a good business analyst without much emotional intelligence skills, but you can't be a great business analyst without the emotional intelligence skills. Okay. It's a difference between being good and being great or being fair, good to great. We need that analysis skills. You know, you can dissect the requirements. You can do, you can do some business case analysis. I mean, you can really analyze a, a, a process in a system using a fishbone diagram to get mm -hmm. to cause and effect and be able to write the requirements. You can do a really good job of user acceptance testing. Those are all things that you can do in your box of your expertise. Mm -hmm. But are you able to deal with the situation where the sponsor is acting irrationally? Yep. And how do you deal with that? And understanding, you know, how, how one thing you say can affect. For instance, people judge you right off the bat with trust and competency. No yep. matter, I, I was just doing some interviews and I was doing some, doing some interviews with people for a position and I was acting as the recruiter and I went back and talked to the folks that were passed on and it became very apparent to me that they didn't get the trust and competency up front. And then it didn't match to what they were expecting. So business analysts, when they walk into a higher level meeting, they have to understand what that sponsor is. So situational awareness, mm -hmm. they have to understand what that sponsor is looking for and not just get into the details of how they made the sausage. A good business analyst understands at that level, they're situationally aware. The person's focused on, you know, either making money or mm -hmm. saving money. They're very, they have a, they have a very big endowment effect, meaning they believe in their, that's their project. That's more important than anything else. Mm -hmm. And they have really no idea what you do. Mm. So you're situationally aware from emotional intelligence perspective. And you begin to talk about the project from a different perspective. And you, you connect with that person. So it's not just about you. Mm -hmm. You might be smart about, you might have, you know, an understanding of yourself and you might be able to manage yourself, but you, but then you're still focused on yourself and you don't get past that situational awareness. BAs have to understand the situation and then adjust their act activities. Sometimes yeah. they have to be detailed. Sometimes they have to be high level. Sometimes they have to be in between. Sometimes they have to be technical. Sometimes they have to be very business oriented. Yep. And it's that glue. It's that glue that empowers this position to be so important, even in a world of agile. Yeah. And I see this position continue to move up more towards the business. And I see this profession moving up more towards the future state analysis, given the skill sets. 
And that's really the weak point of SDLC environments right now is we can we could use agile to build the product project, right? We can right. we can iterate, we get close, we can understand and adjust, mm -hmm. use hybrid agile, whatever you want. But we have this adjustment mentality now. Mm -hmm. But we are do, still doing a very poor job of analyzing what it is we should put into that system. Yeah, and 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 just in general, there's always the statistics thrown out there that you know projects fail because of requirement because of poor requirements. Mm -hmm. I would add to that, right? So projects fail also because of communication. Projects fail also because of a lack of EQ, for that matter, right? Oh, yeah. So if, mm -hmm. because a, a BA plays a huge role. I mean, be it a role or be it someone playing that that or doing the analysis, it's critical for someone to have that level of EQ, I would imagine, and not just the the IQ piece. So in your experience, um, how can projects or initiatives in general benefit from EQ? Uh, across the board, you, yeah. Rashmi, you really kind of dug into it with, with your, as you talked before your question, um, you have the book Radical Candor, right? Mm. Radical candor is the ability to provide feedback, critical feedback in, an, in a respectful manner without fear of recourse. Emotional intelligence in, within an organization can open up an organization to that form of radical candor. Mm -hmm. and, and when accepted and it's a group thing, then projects are positively enhanced because you'll find things that you never thought you were going to find. You'll feel, because the group is coming together, the group is being open and honest with each other about what they're seeing, what they're not seeing, what they like, what they dislike, you will get a much better picture of what the possibility should be and how you should be testing it mm -hmm. than if folks are, are basically at that level one where they know themselves and they know what they want and they're just driving home what they want and they're not really being honest because they want to make sure they hold their position or they want to make sure they keep their job. Mm -hmm. So absolutely radical candor at the future state analysis level, being able to be very honest and upfront about what you're seeing and do that in a cognitively diverse environment. And you need emotional intelligence to handle mm -hmm. cognitive diversity because it's so different. People People with cognitive diversity, they, they all think differently, they act differently, and it takes a while of forming and storming to yep. get to that team function, but your forming and storming reduces significantly if the entire team is emotionally intelligent. How does one get there? How does one make a team emotionally intelligent? Or just well, grows that to that level of maturity? Yeah, I start off with the fact that you're going to talk about it. Like you said, communication. Yeah. Group, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot more about emotional intelligence this quarter. So what does that mean? So first off, is I want you to spend an hour a week analyzing your activities for that for that week. Mm -hmm. Just sit down and think about what you did, and and rate it, and then come up with one or two things that you want to manage for the following week. Mm -hmm. Then check, in, you check yourself out at the end of the week of those two things that you managed. So you start that off first. You, you're teaching someone how to do a self-analysis. Mm -hmm. Now, this builds critical thinking. Just really think about it. Think about when, um, maybe I shouldn't have inter interrupted Rashmi here, 
or maybe my dogs were driving me crazy and I should have taken a deep breath before I came on the call. So mm -hmm. I was more, I was more relaxed. Mm -hmm. One of them was driving me crazy before I came on the call. <laughs> I actually was going to have a bad back and just, I was like, Argh! cool myself down. So once you have that critical thinking about yourself, then you say, okay, I'm going I'm to work on these two things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I'm self-aware and I'm self-managing. Then you go and say, okay, I want to, you to watch the reactions of people to you for the next week. Mm -hmm. As you're talking and communicating, watch their reactions. Not the words that are coming out of their mouth, their body language, their tone. See if you are seeing some negative feedback, nonverbal, from how you are in the room. Mm. And then if you see that, pick the person or persons who had that and ask them to give you a quick 360. Hey, look it. Please be radically candid with me. What turned you off? I'm, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to improve. What, what turned you off? Mm -hmm. What I, I could see it. Maybe it was the project, but I need to get better. Mm -hmm. Then you process that. And then you start seeing, okay, that person's perspective was this. So I had to make sure I have some conversation around that. That mm -hmm. person's perspective was that. So then you get to situational awareness. Okay. But so you have to be able to see yourself to yourself as yourself, mm -hmm. manage yourself, then see yourself in the eyes of others, especially looking at nonverbal cues. Mm -hmm. Ask for three, six, not three, six, but ask for that analysis, feedback. Yeah, feedback. Yeah, yeah. Ask for that feedback and then apply that feedback based on that person's profile and needs across the work that you're doing within the environment. The first thing that should come to your mind is when you're meeting somebody, who are they, what they do, what are, what are they interested in? Yeah. And it's not about me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would think that this is such an important exercise for, for new business analysts or people absolutely. transitioning into that role, right? It can be extremely overwhelming for someone in that space to just come into a room and you're sitting there looking to gather requirements, right? So, there's more to that than just sitting there and gathering requirements. And a lot of it is to do with growing your, your emotional intelligence, getting feedback, improving, and it takes time, but, but it's nothing that you can't achieve. I would imagine. Right. So it's something oh, that you, you drive at. It's like working out. So you can also you create some habits, right? You can create yeah. some habits where like when I'm going to have, I have a set of meetings coming up, I check to see where I'm at mm -hmm. and I may cancel a meeting if I'm not in the right frame of mind to handle that meeting appropriately mm -hmm. and then reschedule it for another time. Yeah. Or I might be in such a situation. I want to add some meetings because, you know, I've got, my brain is clear. You know, my, my, I understand where I am from a self-analysis perspective around mm -hmm. stress and mm -hmm. I want, I, I need to attack some things today. And some things that might be a little bit more difficult that I think I can handle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could train yourself to learn how to do that where it just becomes more, you know, just you just do it without even thinking about it. Like yeah. a business analyst, I would when I'm coming into a meeting one on one, hey, I stop and tell me about it. what's going on. Mm -hmm. What you what's the what the things are you working on? You know, how 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 long have you been with the company? Five, seven minutes of all about them. Rashmid, are you, are you, do you have a partner? Um, do you have any kids? And if the, you see the body language, if they're turned off from it, then you stop. Yeah. 
Right, you got to watch that bot. But they're what will happen is they'll lean forward, and you'll see a smile come on their face, or they'll lean back and they'll just like. So if you're doing this and someone's leaning forward, like you're yeah. leaning forward, you're listening to me, mm-hmm. you're engaged. I can see right. that. you're interested. Yep. So okay, I'll continue asking you questions about yourself. That and that then, that totally makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And you connect with them, but yep. if the You read that. What does that say? Okay, let's get business. Yeah. But, and then the thing is, how does one get to the business needs, business requirements, unless you've actually established that rapport, established that relationship? Yeah, that's it's, it's the, the only way, right? number one influencing technique is to make people comfortable in your presence. Mm-hmm. I do this in interviews, not at, at a certain level. I'll, do the, I'll, I'll work to try to get the person to swear in an interview because then I know they're ultimately comfortable and I'm getting the truth. Remember in interviews, it's all, if you're interviewing someone, if they mm-hmm. practice, it's interview robot speak. Yeah. I did this, I did that. I did, which I get it, man. We want the job. I mean, we fear not having a job more than we fear death. Right. 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 But, the, but I need to find the truth. So I get them at ease. So that is the best technique to then connect with them and they'll start telling you things. How does an organization, we're speaking about hiring and interviewing, how does an organization determine EQ in a candidate? Ah. You know, <laughs> that's a tough one. Oh, you got to ask the right questions. <laughs> you got to ask the right questions. Like, okay. um, tell me about a situation where you made a mistake and tell me the impact that that mistake had on others. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a situation where you were, where you were very successful what was that impact on others around you? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a time when you reconsidered doing something and why. And as I talked, did you take others in consideration when you were doing that? And how did you do so? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how, how do you initially communicate with somebody when you first meet them? Mm-hmm. So you're, you want to get to the why questions and you want to get to a why question that forces them to have to talk about things that happened around them. Gotcha. Yeah. When you, when you were doing that X project, what was going on around you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I the, think right? that would, would enable them to speak about scenarios or situations mm-hmm. they've been in uh, really think through. And then you want to talk about frustration. So to get to emotional intelligence, tell me about what frustrates you. Tell me how you handle that frustration. Tell me what inspires you mm-hmm. and tell me how you get towards that inspiration. This is all the self-management stuff, right? Yeah. Frustration is a leading cause for people to have st- stress and burnout. Frustration means lack of control. Yeah. Frustration means they feel like they're in a box. And the thing about frustration, which is good, is that they want to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Frustration unkept is just apathy. Right. Oh, whatever. I don't care. But frustration is... Hey, I, I, I'm, I want to make a difference, but I'm stuck. So mm-hmm. what do you do because of that? And so those are some of the questions you get on the self-analysis side. What, what are two things that you would have done different at XYZ company? Right. Right. And that also shows person self-reflecting. Yes. You yes. know, how, it shows the, probably the continuous improvement mindset or how could I have done things better? Without um, EQ, without EQ, you can't continuously improve. Right, right. And that's why I think 
sometimes BAs coming in this field or BAs that have been in this field for a while can get frustrated because they they miss that piece, right? The EQ piece of, of self-evaluation, 360. It's not all about requirements. It's about, well, how can I better myself, not just as a person, but as in my profession, mm -hmm. so that I can deliver my requirements or my, I'm just saying test cases here, but, um, but you, get, you know, as, as we get into motion intelligence, the, the understanding comes back to likeonomics too. So the whole concept mm. of likeonomics are elements that make you likable. So business analysts to connect with someone has to understand what makes, like, what makes them likable mm -hmm. and to be able to analyze themselves against that. This is part of self-analysis, but, but now you have a basis for it. Yeah. Truth, relevance, timing, keeping things simple mm -hmm. and unselfishness unselfishness yeah those five now here's the thing BAs ultimately fail a great deal deal on relevance on keeping things simple yeah and then timing timing can you speak a little bit about that you have a very important job mm -hmm. all right but the other people around you have very important jobs and if you're interrupting a situation multiple times and you don't see the nonverbal cues that you're interrupting, they're going to get to the point where, I don't want to, oh God, Rashmi's coming again. I really don't want to deal, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to have to spend 35 minutes talking about some non-relevant thing. Yeah. If you built that type of reputation. You notice for economics, I didn't say nice. Some of the nicest people in the world are hated by yeah. people in the workplace. And so you, you, if you have that as a base for your emotional intelligence around dealing with people, then you can self-evaluate yourself around, are you being selfish in the moment? And if you are being selfish, tell people, I'm getting some benefit out of this. Of course, we all have to get benefit out of it. Right. We're doing it. But if it, even if the balance is weighed a little more, say, that, hey, this is my benefit. Yeah. Um, and then simple. That's a hard one because your jobs are so complex and detailed. There are times where you have to get back to just what are you doing and why. Tell me what's going on, Rashmi. What are you doing and why? What's the ultimate outcome? And that's not selling yourself short for the work you're doing underneath. That's just expected. Yeah. So those are the three like economic traits that I think BA should process through their level one, level two emotional intelligence analysis. Awesome. We also spoke about um, whether uh, emotional intelligence can be learned. And you provided some really great tips around that do you have any additional resources or recommendations that bas can look forth in to, to sort of understand ei a little bit better or in general i um, say the first resources. thing is a ba a ba should really start getting an understanding of cognitive behavioral health therapy cbt mm -hmm. um cbt is a way for folks to understand how they act and react um beliefs drive thoughts Thoughts drive feelings, thoughts and feelings drive actions. Mm -hmm. So when you're running into problems, understanding CBT can can you can start working on the beliefs that are breaking down your ability to communicate with somebody and turn the conversation around the belief side of it, not just the behaviors or the actions and activities. But this also wraps around to you. BAs have a lot of burnout. So BA should also learn about the physiology of emotional intelligence. So getting into learning more about what negative self-talk is, 
-hmm. and then learning about the fight fight freeze fawn mechanisms that happen that drives our emotional responses to things because um our brain is set up to have the impulse initially of fight flight freeze or fawn mm -hmm. and that fails miserably in complex work environments so they have to learn how that how that happens and then if they're feeling problems in their electrical centers headaches mm -hmm. stomach issues ulcers acid reflux and then intestinal issues um, whether it's not, not Crohn's disease, but IBS and mm -hmm. um, diverticulitis, those type of things. Mm -hmm. These are the main, and then of course the heart, heart palpitations. These are the main centers that you can catch from a physiology standpoint if you're not realizing it to realize that I have to go back and do some self-analysis. I got to listen to my self-talk and I think there's something going on here that's causing me a lot of stress and I got to figure out how to manage that. So yeah, they have it's... to learn about that self-talk. There's a book called Chatter. Chatter, okay. A-T-T-E-R that they could okay. read. Phenomenal okay. on the, the site of the self-talk thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that the, um, what's it called again? I got it right here. I got my books right here in front of me. Positive Thinking by Neil Pure Pearl. Um, mm -hmm. It's old and it's a, it's a little bit of a faith-based book, mm -hmm. but it also starts helping them see the mind, how you train your mind. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I think cognitive behavioral therapy, reading a book like Chatter to understand um, a little bit more about the self-talk and controlling it mm -hmm. to help them with their level one, level two emotional intelligence controls to help control stress. Mm -hmm. And then looking up the science aspect of, of our brain around the limbic system and the initial fight, fight, freeze, fawn mechanisms that occur with us that you have to work on to get over so that you then can cognate. Great. No, those are, those are some really good um, resources. And I'll, I'll actually research it and add the links to the, the show notes below as, uh, as well. Yeah. It's like CBT in seven weeks. It's a great workbook. CBT in seven weeks. Okay. All right. And then the chatter book. Yep. Um, and then off, offline, I'll send you a couple other links I think are good. That would be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if folks wanted to get a hold of you, um, you know, LinkedIn is the best way. Best way, I, I, okay. There's nobody. I, I haven't found anybody named David Mantica out there. Um, no way. Are you yeah. the only one? <laughs> I think with David, D A V I D M, mm -hmm. at softed, S O F T E D dot com. Great. I will add that to our show notes as well. So, uh, <laughs> This was very insightful. I know we keep we we speak about or I've had guests talking about AI. We've we've spoken about um, other things, you know, that are very technical from a business analysis perspective. I think this was very refreshing to hear about AI and how to control and self-assess yourself, right? So as we as business analysts coming in new uh, or even seasoned business analysts, right? Do we know ourselves, right? Do we self-assess? How do we improve upon ourselves? So but thank you so much, David, for providing that that different perspective and lens. Appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you so much. If you like what you see, consider subscribing to this podcast.